0: Okay, welcome to another episode of the Startup Sack podcast. Today, I'm at McClellan Park with Clayton Portia, who is the Executive Director of Valley Extends. Welcome, Clayton. Let's start off with you introducing yourself and tell us about yourself. What's your background before we launch into Valley Extends?
1: Yeah. Um, okay. So my name is Clayton Portia. I, um, started building companies at the ripe old age of 17 years old. Wow. Uh, built, uh, my first, my high school senior project was actually a magazine that uh, my family gave me a couple of bucks to build. And it was called Travel Host, went in all the hotel rooms in San Francisco, um, and built that up, and then actually sold it. Stepped into chamber advertising booklets, which was hmm. kind of an interesting place to be at the ripe old age of 19. And where was this, um, where were you at? So this was actually in the Bay Area. Okay. So we lived uh, in a place right next to Stanford University. Okay. So when yeah. I went off to college, I ended up needing to find a way to also pay for things. I played basketball at UC for a couple of years. And, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, just needed money. Mm-hmm. And so I built things with the Chamber uh, Advertising Solutions Group. So we had 40 Chamber booklets working with small businesses and other things like that. So college goes on a few couple of years, and then I ended up at Stanford. Um, never graduated from either place, just kind of felt like it kind of held me back mm-hmm. and was slowing me up. And um, so what I ended up doing was owning the Chamber Advertising Solutions, selling off each book individually for about 100 grand, and mm-hmm. we had about 40 of them. Uh, and uh, and then stepping into my first startup. And so my first startup was something called LeapSet. And actually Drewski's has their actual point of sales device right down the road and a lot of people do. So it's a point of sales device that had online ordering and at the time, um, and payment resolution, but at the time that was kind of a big thing. I mean it was what, eight years, eight, nine years ago. <laughs> um, forever, I know it feels ago. like forever, right? <laughs> so, so we did that. Um, Subsequently, we sold that company within eight months for $45 million to Cisco Food Systems. And I was the VP of sales by the end of the whole thing. Um, After that, took some funding off Sand Hill and killed the company and and put uh, half a million of my own into it and and watched that fly and and burn. Um, Stepped into another company, uh, Elastic Digital, helped that kind of move on with what it was doing. Um, Sold the company into Marketo on the marketing automation space for about 62. After that, went to a company that actually had been around for five years, and what they had been doing was was um, categorizing people by how they use social data, Hmm. not not their sentiment towards things, but what they liked, shared, what their friends liked and shared, and how that looked. Um, Subsequently, that is actually something that we sold into Facebook. Hmm. Um, It's the algorithm that runs um, all of the Facebook ad platform, and all of the sentiment, not the sentiment analysis. Sorry, all of the. Understanding analysis of who a person is and how their social group works. Mm-hmm. Um, so we sold that in there. After that, I built a company um, called iCharts. Um,
0: ah, yes. I heard of
1: so they're local here in Roseville. We, I moved about 35, 40 employees down here. Um, I had already moved a lot of go to markets down here anyway, so it was making a lot of sense. Every time we take a, a check off Sand Hill for five or 10 million, the VCs would ask me, hey, you know, uh, what are you going to do? You know, where are you going to scale? You know, are you going to do it here in Mountain View or where or what not? And, and I would usually tell them, yeah, not here is the first answer. And then I literally remember one of the VCs we were talking to and I said, uh, yeah, I'm going to scale in Sacramento. He goes, why are you going to Nevada? <laughs> right? And uh, and I go, no, 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 Sacramento is it's the state capital of California. He goes, and he's looking at me like I'm a super wrong, right? And he's going, he's going, it's not. That's that's San Francisco. And you got to realize a lot of VC money that's out in the valley is not necessarily originally from America, right? Yeah. Um, and or a lot of the VCs have been people that were on H-1B visas, okay. which has been great to the Valley, and great to our economy, but um, at the end of the day, they got done with their first project, became a citizen of some in some way, shape or form, or got a green card, and now they're working in
0: VC or doing other things okay. like that. Interesting. Um, so I've
1: had a number of CEOs that were from other countries and other places. Uh-huh. Tends to be the case. That's, so cool. that's my background.
0: Okay, so you right now you're the executive director for Valley Extends, uh, which is where we're at. Um, for those who aren't familiar with Valley Extends, which I think is a lot of people here in the in the yeah, startup community, because it, it like. uh, you guys are kind of quiet and you just do stuff. But can you tell us a bit about what the origins of Valley Extends are and what you guys do? All right. So the origins of Valley Extends they actually
1: start in a at Lifetime Fitness.
0: <laughs> okay. um,
1: I and uh, another gentleman named Daniel Del Rio who actually works here for me. Um who was a uh, sold about 5 million for me at iCharts. Um, met Larry Kelly and Asana at Life and Fitness. <laughs> and we were actually talking about deals at iCharts. And for those
0: who don't know Larry Kelly, is big real so, estate developer Yeah, here. he owns
1: um, uh, McClellan Park. Okay. So everything here on base, which is 3,500 um, acres, mm-hmm. uh, over almost 10 million square feet of space, um, 450 businesses here on campus. We have a runway that's over two miles long, so we fly in and out. That's, hence the name Valley Extends. Mm-hmm. It takes 30 minutes for us to get to the Valley. Mm-hmm. So we're extending a new landmass mm-hmm. to Silicon Valley. So that's why a lot of our companies come from there okay. or other places like that. Um, he also owns the rail yards and a mm-hmm. bunch of other stuff. Um, but yeah, so I met Larry there. You know, He asked what we did. Um, my employee said, I work for Stalin. And then he asked me, he said, Stalin, what do you do? <laughs> and I, I said, no, my name's Clayton. And, uh, and you know, I, um, Subsequently came out here because he said, well, I do a little bit of building. That's all he said. Well, humble, <laughs> nicest man you'll ever meet. Um, and so I come out here and I'm like, well, holy crap. He owns his own city. Uh-huh. And he said, so, so what do you see? And I said, I'll build a startup city. I'll build something that's impactful and let's just do it. And then he literally couldn't get rid of me. So I would literally come probably on a daily basis and there was no anything else um, going on. It was just would come on a daily basis and start doing work and start talking to people and figuring out what I could do. Subsequently, we entered into a relationship where Alex Daines came out of. We built a website, which we've never updated since day one. Um, (laughs) And honestly, we just started running. What we found was that the niche that we control or that we work in, which is go-to-market strategies, So sales, marketing, customer success, how that relates back to product, Mm -hmm. is a really big niche inside of the tech community. Not many people, if any, are really focused primarily on that. A lot of accelerators focus on accelerating technology growth Mm -hmm. um, into a market, but they don't focus on the iterations of how to get the technology to the market, what the market says, and how it comes back, um, which is where we focus a lot of our energy. and, you know, at the end of the day, when, we, when I looked around it, and I said there's a lot of, big, you know, co-working facilities and there's a lot of incubators to incubate technology. There's not a lot of people who really are saying, hey, if you come in with us, we're going to make you money and we're going to make money with you. Um, and, you know, it's really interesting because Larry has a saying that he I've heard him <coughs> say it to a number of people and he goes, just nothing really happens until somebody sells something. Um, and it's kind of true. There's a lot of things that can be built, a lot of things that can happen. Um, before that, but nothing really big can happen to your company until somebody sells Mm something. Because now you don't have a customer, you don't have a transaction, and I believe personally that money is the validation of you doing
0: great work. Mm -hmm. So if 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 people are willing to pay for what you have. Absolutely,
1: right? right? Like the greatest companies in the world at the end of the day are able to build something that's amazing. People come to it and they give dollar amounts for that thing and basically all they're saying is, thank you for building this, Mm -hmm. right? Um, and if you do it right, that's the way it should be. So we have a lot of companies that are in that space where they're trying to get people to thank them for the work that they've done. Mm-hmm. And so we want to help them with that. A lot of that has to do with the sales, marketing, customer success. But what we found is, you know, I've built about 15 or 20 go-to-markets before here. Now I've, we have 35 companies here in Valley Extends or virtually. And so we've built a lot of go-to-markets. Mm-hmm. I would say 60 to 80% of a go-to-market is semi-similar across almost any industry. Um, there are a few variances in that, but for the most part, um, they're very similar. It's the 20 to 30 to sometimes 40% that's very capitalized around like who that company is, what their message is, where they're going and things that are happening um you know that stuff it, it changes here and there but for the most part it's it's um you know very similar
0: so what what's the program like you you said you've got 35 companies here and they're not just local, but you bring them in from outside as well what what's your program like with your sales and marketing accelerator
1: yeah um it's interesting, so first we take an assessment of the entire company mm-hmm. um, and we just see, sometimes a company only has one or two people, three or four, sometimes it's a little larger. Um, Kick Factory, for instance, when they came in, you know, they actually have 30 employees um, that work from different places all over the United States, but they really only have four full-time guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we take assessment, we say, look, what vertical are you in? How does that work? What does it look like? Um, and I bring in my go-to-market agents. Sometimes I even bring a VC in or two mm-hmm. because I need other people's eyes, mm-hmm. um, thought process, and what they could generate through looking at the product. Um, and you know, other people have other specialties, I think, around the industry. I'm pretty well-versed in a lot of things, but there's some people that are very specific sure. in certain pieces. So we'll find the right pieces and we'll just interview. Um, and as we interview, what I'm looking for really is a few things. Um, does your product is your product innovative, right? Mm-hmm. And, and can we make money with you? Um, and it's with you. It's truly with you. Mm-hmm. I think that's the catch difference. Um, a lot of people will say, "Hey, come into our accelerator, rent a desk, do this, and you know you'll get to be around cool people and talk to a mentor." I'll, we'll do all that stuff too, but. At the end of the day, if I can sell a million dollars worth of your product with my team here, teach you how to sell another million for yourself also, go grab your funding and put a whole thing around it, then let's do that instead.
0: Is this like a timed accelerator, like say the 500 Startups or Y Combinator, where there's a, a cohort and they start at this time and two months later they're done, or is it something a little different model?
1: Yeah, so I we haven't done the cohort thing, and I think a lot of people do that because it organizes their abilities around a certain subsector group. Mm-hmm. Um, we look at every company individually and we assess where they are at that time um, we have to pass on some companies because we don't have the bandwidth right now mm-hmm. someday I won't have to pass and we'll have enough people where we can do um, enough right and truly my goal is to never turn somebody down regardless of if we're able to build to go to market with you you can still come to Valley extends be here the interesting piece is we'll find two to four other companies that are maybe not selling what you're doing like they're not doing what you do but they're selling to the same types of people, and so we can get knowledge and learn from them. Kind
0: of like a mentorship group, peer it, group.
1: Exactly, it's like a peer <coughs> mentorship group. The difference between, I think, Valley Sands and if I was to have a like, nice office, downtown in you know on Mission Avenue in San Francisco is I'd have to come down from my office, go to lunch, and hopefully see two or three people, mm. but it would be a lot of phone calls. Mm. When I walk into Valley Extends, there's sometimes 10 to 25 people that are either CEOs, some of them are selling in the same ecosystem, some of them have issues, some things I can help with, some I can't, but we're all share- sharing the knowledge base. So our community aspect is a little different. Yeah, um,
0: it's, it's pretty cool. Because if you
1: see like people just walk in and then they start talking and a lot of that has to do with the fact that I have go-to-market agents working in all of these companies mm-hmm. and if they're not working directly in it, I still have guys that are helping. Like, hey look, it turns out that we have a client that has 400,000 leads. This guy only needs 3,000 3, to really just start doing his thing but he can't find them. So we talk to our company and say, hey look, would you mind sharing 3,000 mm-hmm. leads with them? Yeah, great, cool. That's not something that you can usually get over the phone or whatnot. It's, well, I know Zach, and Zach knows Doug, and they've known each other for a long time. That's a
0: very collaborative um, thing. It's not something you'd expect coming out of Silicon Valley for sure.
1: Yeah, well, and that was my biggest hurdle with Silicon Valley in general um, as a people group is, uh, one, they're incestuous with how they fund and what they do, which is kind of why I was able to raise a lot of funds and do things. but unfortunately, there's not a roo- lot of room for new people, no. and that, and I think new people sometimes have something better to offer a community than the old. Um, two, I think the mentality of the people that I've found here in Sacramento comparatively um, to the mentality of the people that I've seen, and it doesn't go for all people, right, across Silicon mm-hmm. Valley, because there's just so many great people there too, but there's a lot of people that really feed on the ecosystem as what it is. And they're there to hunt and and kill and kind of (laughs) get. Predators. Um, And I think out here, you know, you have a guy like Larry Kelly. I mean, to be honest, in the game of life, he's already won, right? Mm -hmm. So for a guy like that to give back and say, hey, look, here's a space, here's this. We're going to fund things. We're going to help stuff. Um, And if, you know, if it's not our particular niche, we're going to help you make money and help you grow. And, you know, if... We'll take a point or two on your company, but other people would charge a 10 or 15. You know, we'll help you build revenue, and, you know, we're not going to take half of it. We'll take a a two or three point. We try to be really, really fair, Mm -hmm. and we try to make sure that it's all very cohesive. Um, So a lot of the deals are all the same around. Um, Every product's a little different, but we try to deal with people really in four phases. Um, If you need space to grow, we'll help you grow. We have 10 million square feet of space. Mm -hmm. We'll figure it out. If you want something that we call as fractional business development, which is kind of coined to us and something different, it's something we can offer to some companies and not others, it just kind of works and doesn't, It put $5 million on the pipeline for Kick Factory or some of the other ones um, in less than 60 to 80 days because of the right stuff. If you want go-to-market services, we'll help you there. Um, And then honestly, we typically take equity for some of the work we do. So you don't have to pay market rate on the work. So typically, you know, you're paying a quarter of what you would pay for an employee. Um, so part of uh, the biggest reason I think startups have an issue is just, look, I only have $2,000 to do all this stuff. I don't have enough money, right? But if I already have guys that can do it, we have 200 employees in Kenya that can help us in other things and they're already paid for it through other stuff, mm-hmm. um, so we can leverage them and lean on them. Look, look I'll charge you 1500 bucks. save your 500 for marketing expenses here, um, and I'll get you three employees. And they're looking at like, holy crap, I got three employees. One's doing calling, one's doing emailing, another one's running social for $1,500, <laughs> right? Like, you, you couldn't find that anywhere right. else. Um, and these are people that are getting educated, coming through school and doing other things mm-hmm. too.
0: So is there a particular stage or even vertical that you're looking for to bring in here? Or, or is it just pretty much kind of, how, how do you judge who you want, who you accept here? I, guess? Um,
1: I think, honestly, there hasn't been, um, although a lot of people say that we should kind mm-hmm. of start focusing down. Um, I kind of think that uh, if I focus yeah. down, then I may not get the broad knowledge that I'd like to get mm-hmm. because there's some things in certain industries that people are doing and I'm like, crap, that would really work over here in this industry. No one's thought of it because most guys from that industry never touch that. Mm. So, I, so
0: Cross far... Cross-pollination then.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> far that cross-pollination thing um, has worked really well for us. We mm-hmm. built go-to-markets for, for K through 12 for the AT&T Aspire program. Um, and just kind of went through the roof. And so we have some big corporations we've done things with too. Um, so I wouldn't say that we've focused okay. down yet. How we, I think, subselect select people um, is kind of interesting. I um, I hired people only based on two things, really kind of ever. Um, unless it was a very specific skill set that was needed um, and or people had a background of it. But even if you have the background, you have to have these two things in order for me to hire mm-hmm. you. And it was, do you have what I call as an agile life? So the ability to learn quickly, Mm -hmm. be dynamic in your learning, and are you thirsty for that? And do you have a work ethic? If you have those two things, I can do, you can literally almost do anything Mm -hmm. you want. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I could hire people within that realm. I look for that in a lot of the people that come in here um, because I think people have to be a little more open-minded to, it's not just all about them, it's kind of about Mm -hmm. us. now, at some point, you know there will be a time where you need to switch to more about you and then than us. But that's you know a part of the process too, and we walk through that. So we look for good people. I mm-hmm. think one of our vetting models is we want good people that really work hard mm-hmm. and that are that are really trying to self educate or be very smart.
0: Okay. So like a lot of VCs, you're looking for the team. Is
1: yeah, I would. Yeah, I mean the team is as important as anything else in the world, if not more. I mean at the end of the day, I've seen some fantastic products with really crappy people, and people were like, that's a crappy product because I don't like the people. Mm -hmm. And I've seen some really not so great products, um, and I've sold 26 million dollars worth of that stuff in a year, Mm. right? So it was an okay product, but it wasn't what other people were wanting, but we knew how to describe it, we knew what it was, (laughs) and they wanted to work with our team, Mm -hmm. so.
0: So who are, you know, we talked about some of the teams, or what kind of people you're looking for, who are some of the examples of of who you've got in here, maybe uh, in, Name some of those, and are yeah. any of those particularly innovative or disruptive that you see?
1: Um, I think one that's really, really interesting right now is um, it's web live stores, also Vanilla Lighting. Um, they are actually, I think we got 12 million already this, this year. So they're, they're not a small company by any means, they have a little bit of a place back there, but they're moving to the IoT um, hmm. space around mm-hmm. lighting for cities. So, detecting gunshots, uh, figuring out how many people are at festivals, um, dimming and lighting up streets in a different manner, saving energy, things like that. Um, I think they're particularly interesting. Party on Demand kind of went famous with what Willie G did. Um, And, you know, if you type in Party on Demand and go on YouTube, you'll see it, you know, kind of see why. The guy's dynamic and personality and what he does. They came all the way up here. Jeff Bezos is watching their company, and they've had personal conversations with him just around... If you're able to make this work, Jeff will just buy it up and, mm. and say, great, now I can unseat and do these things. Um, Career Athletic Advisors in Atlanta, they're actually one of our virtual companies. Um, they help colleges that don't have the funds to basically give athletes a better opportunity at careers after they're athletes because okay. athletes spend so much time. Being an athlete, that they don't have the same advantages when they get out of college that some other people okay, have. Yeah. Um, so they do that. Uh, Swiss Monkey's is really interesting. It's an app that works in the dental field mm-hmm. that helps solve some really significant problems around finding and recruiting talent. Um, Quirio it's in Salesforce's incubator right now. We're going to build their go-to-market. KG and them um, are light years ahead of a lot of people. Uh, light years ahead. Um, it's a Alexa for data. So basically it can go into your Salesforce, and you can add query and you can say, who's my top 10 sales reps? And it'll pop up with these 10 names. And then it'll say, well, and then you say to the data, well, so who's my top sales rep out of those 10 based on profitability? Oh, it's Clayton Porsche. And then you just ask this question, why? These are five things that are different from Clayton Portia that predictive learning, machine learning, um, and, pred- and uh, a full AI set that sits on top of it that I think is really interesting. Um, and KG and them can talk a little bit more to it. Um, we have about 30 other companies on top of that, um, and funds, so we have, you know, funds like the Black Angel Tech network we have people from Sand Hill that are coming down here um, as individuals and both as funds that they represent. Um, we, you know, we've worked with John Coonhart, we've worked with AT&T Education, um, Loganitas Assets is here, um, Kick Factory is one of the more innovative companies, oh, yeah. they are an AI messaging platform and analysis platform that sits on top of Twitter. Hmm. So. Think of it this way, the the old adage is, and what these guys are actually inventing and have invented is a whole new interaction point that most companies don't even know about yet. Um, if I was riding my bike right now and I got a flat tire, right? One of the first things I would probably do is actually go on Facebook and go, crap, or I'd go on Twitter <laughs> and go, you know, son of a, I got a flat tire, right? Um, and the next thing you know, I still have to go online, look and shop and buy a new tire, right? Mm-hmm. I also need a ride now at this point. These guys have a system that actually analyzes all of that stuff that's going on on Twitter. And so what it does is they work with Sears. So Sears will come in and say, Clayton, we're so sorry, addressing an emotional need. So sorry that you got a flat tire, here's 25% off. Or would you like us to just order it here, push two buttons and pre-order? So I can pre-order my tire. And then they work with Lyft and Lyft can come in underneath oh, and cool. say, we spotted that you needed a ride, Clayton. So sorry, we're, we're, would you like us to send a car, press this button? Boom. So they're fulfilling needs that are actually out there right Did now. Did they come out of
0: Angel Hack a couple of years ago?
1: I don't. know. Maybe I'm mixing them up with somebody Ryan, else. Ryan, were you at Angel Hack?
0: No. No, okay. Somebody okay. else. Um,
1: yeah, so, well, now you're seeing the, the viability of why ValleyX. Real time interaction but, right yeah, now. it's just boom. Hey, Ryan, what is it? We kind of have a two minute rule around here. If we think we can solve an issue or a problem or, or get value in two minutes, let's do it. Okay. Those are really interesting companies. I mean, Kick Factory put $5 million on their pipeline. And the reason why is what I call is fractional business development. Um, a friend of mine, Seb Maynard and some of the others are, are um, actually in the retail space. And they work with huge advertisers and other people. So I hit up Seb and I said, hey look, if I can figure out a deal where you can sell their product and they'll give you a percentage of what you sell, would you do it? They said yes and he said yes. And so the next thing you know, he goes and gets them Walmart, Target, Best Buy, um, a bunch of other ones because he's out in Minneapolis. Then we hire another five to 15 people to do the same thing. There's no money exchange from these guys until they do something. And so, what we actually get are these high level, C level um, guys that are out there that have all these relationships with the brands. And if they like it for their company, they'll not just refer, but they'll get a good Hmm. referral system for it, right? And so we build a whole system around that, so it's very minimal actions for these guys, but it brings their go-to-market kind of light speed, um, because now you have 10 or 15 guys that are, sometimes some of them have thousands of customers of their own company, where they're just going like, hey, I'll talk to my sales rep and tell my sales rep, I need to get um, to these 15 companies for Kick Factory, and we have a fractional BD guy here that's a concierge service, and he'll just run all that stuff for him. So it's an easy way to put a lot of money on a pipeline really quickly, based okay. on relationships.
0: So you've been in operation for about a year. Uh, what's next for Valley Extends? Where do you see yourself a year from now or five years from now?
1: Um, right now we're working with the Disabled Veteran Alliance mm-hmm. um, to help them, they have about 500,000 veterans, um, veteran businesses around the United States that they want to target and work with. So we're gonna help them on their membership stuff. One of the interesting conversations that came out of that was the possibility of EDA funding. Um, and getting a couple million dollars to actually build out some stuff here on the base for that. Mm -hmm. Um, If that happens, great. If that doesn't happen, we have a conference center that fits Mm -hmm. 4,000 that we'd probably go into the second floor of and there's over 200,000 square feet there that we can just take over and build. Mm -hmm. Um, The goal is to start letting the ecosystem kind of thrive on itself. I think we've finally significantly moved past the idea of me needing to be here all the time, which is cool because I have, I have go-to-market guys that are here that are as good as anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I trust them. Typically now when companies come in, I find one of our agents to say, hey, "Look, this is the guy for you. Here's how we're going to structure it. Here's what we're going to do. They're already on salary from us and they're just here to help you and the new companies that come in. Okay. So we have, a, we have a growth path on space. The rail yards are coming up, obviously, um, you know, Larry owns a rail yard so as those come up we'll, we'll figure out how to do that. We we'll also have a lot of corporate innovation stuff that we're trying to work out right now and, and the more we work that stuff out, the faster we'll grow. For the most part, I think we're limited because um, we need people. Mm-hmm. It's not space. I need more people to do more go-to-markets. We get five or six different companies every other week or so that want to come down here I just we literally don't have time to build or go to markets. They can come, they can work here. Um, But we can't build our markets and some of them are digital and that really then just completely hinders it Like if I can't put somebody on that thing, that's digital But this is how you tie Sacramento into the world ecosystem Mm -hmm. of startups and innovation
0: So uh, speaking of that, what are your thoughts on the Sacramento startup um, and innovation ecosystem here. Where are we at? What do we need to do? How do you see yourself in it as far as Valley Extends goes?
1: I'm never as bold as saying that myself is is in something or not, right? Like in that sense, like I don't, I don't think that I'm something that will make or break anything. That's just not my go I just do what I do mm-hmm. and, and try to be really good at whatever it is I do. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the Innovation Hub, um, it was really. I think I'll, I'll take a step back on this one. When I moved iCharts here, for instance, I talked to a lot of people, real estate guys, this, that, the other. Everybody told me not to go to Sacramento to go to Roseville. Um, and build out eye charts there. The main reason was they said that's a government town and that's where government employees Mm -hmm. are and that's this. And that was literally two years ago, two Mm -hmm. and a half years ago. Um, So in that time frame, right, I think the message has changed quite a bit. Um, But it was interesting, right? Like, hey, look, this is still not looked at in that manner a couple years back, right? I've seen that in the last year and a half or so, even I think before I even started with things, The ecosystem has started to change. I think what is one of uh, the things that Silicon Valley does really well, right, is that the CEOs, the big-time CEOs, and even some of the medium-time CEOs, and and the guys that were once big-time CEOs but now are doing a new startup, Mm -hmm. right, they do a really good job in Silicon Valley of interacting, mm. personally, mm-hmm. um, professionally, and just kind of being around and being visible and being able. Mm-hmm. Sacramento's CEOs seem to be a little different mm-hmm. um, in that they're a little more quiet, right?
0: Um, so we need to find a way to get them tapped in and, and better involved. Perhaps? Yeah,
1: well, and I think I think that Barry and them have done a really good job of that, right? With bringing out some of those board members um, into the community a little mm-hmm. bit more. And look, you know. If I was them too, maybe I don't want to come out and do much more than focus on what I focus on right. too. So the ecosystem has to grow into its, um, it bridges in the sense in that, right? Um, I think the other piece is is having more sustainable events um, mm-hmm. would be really interesting. But I think you're starting to see at the Hive, they're starting to do a ton. They got the cannery stuff going on, so you're going to start seeing that. Um, beyond that, one of the biggest things that I've made a push for is that um, at the end of the day, and it's just the way that I think, and has nothing to do with anybody else here in Sacramento. If people think of where do I get funding and where do I get money and where are VCs at, they need to think Valley yeah. because, <laughs> right. but And that's my been my one of my sole purposes. The moment that, you know, we keep, we have VCs already in house here, right? We have other things like that. So since funding's already in house or our partners are looking at deals or we have our own uh, network of angels and other things like that, when things like that start to happen, that ecosystem starts depending upon itself and going, holy crap, like, that's where the money is. I need to be there, right? There's a building, I think it's like the 1800 building or something like that in Chicago. Chicago's old VCs, you know, they lived up in ivory towers. Mm -hmm. And you'd have to climb all the stairs and knock on all the doors and go get there. But the 1800 building was a couple of billionaires that kind of came out and said, hey, look, we want to build a place where just all the best startups in the world are. And it became such a place that the VCs had to come down from their ivory towers, get rid of their expensive offices, and go and slum it on crappy IKEA desks with the rest of <laughs> us, right?
0: Sorry, um, IKEA. Yeah, no,
1: but you know, but why did they do that? Because that's where the differentiated deal flow was. That's where everybody is, right? One of the things that, that we need to figure out how to do, I think, just in general around this ecosystem is, it's not just build funds, right? Every, you can build funds all day long. I can bring funds from, from you know, Sand Hill and Silicon Valley and New York and Miami and other places and Dallas, that's actually kind of easy is to get funds to move around and stuff. What's not easy is to get them to live with you, mm-hmm. right? And right now, Sacramento has never been a place where people go, the funds live with us, right? They're internal in our co-working facilities. They're internal in an IO hub. They're internal here there, right? They do office hours with us, right? Once they feel more connected in that, then you're doing super well the catch on that sometimes is though you also need some of the legal and, and mm-hmm. uh, stuff that's necessary right so daniel zimmerman runs um wilmer Howell, which is the one right behind here with google and everybody else in that poster board here that they all came down on an original flight growth is a vc all those guys um he does transactions with apple google all the rest of them right so having those guys to tie it in Um, really helps too. And it's an interesting thing because, you know, lawyers are not usually the first thing that startup guys talk about. Um, They actually deathly scare me. (laughs) But um, you realize how valuable they are once you start doing business in countries that uh, don't succeed to the laws the same way that maybe uh, lawyers force you Mm -hmm. to do. Um, So, I mean, I kind of look at it and think that the the funding opportunity is the big one. Um, I know Kevin's putting together a bunch of stuff around a $250 million fund and then wants to figure out what to do there. I think that's fantastic. Um, how that fund will represent itself around Sacramento and two people and where will it be housed and how will it be housed and things like that is anybody's guess. And how can um, we get
0: them involved with the actual startup founders and in, in, in the ecosystem rather yeah. than separate and apart?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's just you know, part of it. I think the other piece that, that would be, will be interesting is I don't know that Sacramento-based startups as much as I... I I think in Silicon Valley, know how to solicit for money, Hmm. right? Like they, the way they solicit for money is they they ask for money. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever asked for money. I've asked for advice. Mm. Hey, I'm building this, right? You ask for advice. So here's some
0: good advice you can give the Sacramento startups. How do you ask for money?
1: You ask for advice. Okay. You look at at who they are out there and you bring value to the VC first. Okay. Right. Um, I mean, in every conversation, right? The person that's most valuable in any room is the guy that gave value first. That's just the way it is, whatever the perceived value is. So, you know, if I was going up and down Sand Hill with a product that was sitting across social or things like that, I would just, you know, I would email a couple of VCs or when I met them, I'd tell them about what we do and I'd say, could I pick your brand? Because I saw you invested in this, this, and this. Um, And I would just love to kind of see where you guys are going with that. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, if you guys want, our platform kind of works like this. I'd love to just do it for you and see what you think. Mm. Value, 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 Mm -hmm. value. I haven't asked you for anything, right? They know the ask will come. Right? Mm-hmm. They're not dumb, but it gives them an opportunity to live in the product with you. Right? Mm-hmm. Not every product can you do that with, but try to find your way to be valuable.
0: Okay, so maybe switching a couple last questions here. Uh, any advice, general advice you'd give to entrepreneurs out there, in, and I'm specifically thinking about the Sacramento startup founders out there. What uh, a top advice piece, a tip, or a piece of advice you'd give for startup founders? Yeah.
1: I mean, I think it's the same advice I give all of our companies in here. Uh, let's go make money. <laughs> and I know it sounds you know rudimentary and super easy, but at the end of the day, it's, it's not that easy. Um, and there's a lot that goes into it. But the number one way for a company to be seen by VCs is to create systemic growth.
0: Earn revenue first. Is that yeah.
1: I mean, at the end of the day, if you're looking at building revenue before you're looking at anything else, people will come around you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the conversations you have with the VCs are, "Hey, I was doing fifty thousand. Now I'm doing a hundred thousand a month, but I'm running into scale issues. Was hoping you had a company that could mentor me or talk to me about that." Cool. They're looking at you, going, "Yeah, we do. Also, what do you need? Right? <laughs> like, it's a different conversation. Uh-huh. So I think, you know, the fact is, less than one percent of companies really ever get funding, right? I was lucky because of the place I was at and where I, what I was doing, and it was a little easier to find that." But at the end of the day, I also looked and said, hey, I gave away a lot more of my companies than I probably should have, right? Um, I'm a catch-22 on this whole VC thing because I think traditional VCs um, are, are starting to change um, and you're seeing that they're kind of merging into what a P&E firm could almost be, or they're putting operational metrics around this or doing some of the other pieces. I really wish they would have done that a mm-hmm. lot, a, a lot more earlier. Um, because it would've helped me to understand that maybe I don't need to take six million dollars, maybe I take two and build money, mm-hmm. right? And build pockets of revenue, or maybe I just build up a bunch of revenue and then a bunch of people throw money at me and I get the right evaluation at the right price and give it away 50% of my company.
0: So earn revenue first, that's something that I've heard from a lot of other people out there. Um, okay, wrapping up, um, wanna thank you again for your time. Any last shout outs or anything you'd like to share with with the world out there?
1: I mean, I think the one thing I would tell everybody is feel free to come by anytime. Okay. We let everybody work here for a week or two or longer, honestly, and on, for free, it doesn't you know, have a cost, come by, spend some time. We have desks, we have places, um, you can work, we have picnic tables outside, <laughs> we got a conference center that fits 4,000, you know, there's food on campus. The luxury so of having too.
0: a lot of space. Yeah,
1: it's nice, <clears> right? So I tell people to come out and spend time. <laughs> Look. Um, I remember, uh, I can't remember who actually told me this, but it was actually a BC out of the valley. He said that a, a company came by his office, and um, you know he was like, "Look, I'm not going to fund you guys. Like, it's just not going to happen." But in his office, there was like a, there was like an area where everybody ate <laughs> lunch and did stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And there was like a Starbucks over by us. It was like a communal thing. So he was always over there. Um, so these guys just started showing up there every day and working mm-hmm. and working and working, and then they created a better relationship, and then from that relationship they you know, they would ask him questions and he would answer. And then all of a sudden it was, hey, and then, you know, to this day you never funded them, but you know what he did?
0: Got him somebody he did.
1: Absolutely, right, why? Because at the end of the day he went, look, these guys are on point, they're working, they're doing things hard. I can't help them, right? Because I can't help everybody and they we're not funding those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But I know three guys that do, mm-hmm. right? They're cool. So I, I honestly think that that's part of this community aspect of it. Come down and be a part of it and see what happens. Uh-huh. um we haven't had anybody um leave yet which is cool and we haven't had anybody disappointed i think because i mean our community's goal is when there's a new person here how do we add value to the new person well
0: and so for people to find out how to come down here and check it out it's ValleyExtends.com. yeah right?
1: and i mean it's uh 3140 peacekeeper way at McClellan, California. Um, we happen, you know, my partners happen to own the, the city of McClellan <laughs> and the zip code. And I don't know the zip code, but, um, so it's an interesting um, place because you can come down here and, and be around with these guys and you'll get to meet some people that probably, you, you, you know, are doing a lot of really big things and really cool things. And you get to meet some of the other guys like myself that, you know, we slum it and <laughs> we work hard and, you know, we don't really, you know, care about the the egos and the people and everything else. We just, we want to do work and make some money.
0: Okay, cool. Well, Dan, that's a very gracious offer and hope some people take you up on that. And thanks for your time and looking forward to great things from you guys.
1: Awesome. Thank you.